We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on packers fans and pack a day podcast listeners welcome to another saturday edition of the pack a day podcast your only packers podcast for 365 days of news knowledge and insight to get you up to date on your favorite team the Green Bay Packers at 1265 Lombardi Ave. I, of course, am Matt Fralick. Alongside me once again, and as always, Eli Berkovitz and Janelle Mackey. We are fully into the NFL offseason once again, and we are trying to come up with as much topics and insight as we can. This week was, again, as we saw it, you know, we sit and wait for our Friday evening, Saturday release show. We saw and heard about Aaron Rodgers going on another uh, medical retreat, if you will. We saw a bunch of stuff going on with some media day throughout this offseason for the Super Bowl. Anyways, some rumors have probably died down a little bit between the the Raiders, Jets acquiring Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, there was uh, Andy put out a video on the YouTube side discussing the the odds that were for like plus 600 for Rodgers to come back to the Packers. I want to say those on like Tuesday or Wednesday. Those have like significantly fallen. So if you got your plus 600 money on there at that point, that'd be great because I think they've fallen out to like plus 175. But that's really what's gone on all week. However, we did get a little nugget um, on Thursday night. Diana Rossini, um, 
great, great media member of the NFL. She actually met up with uh, Eli's buddy, Mark Murphy, and kind of, which is, you know, rare that we actually would hear from uh, Mr. Murphy. Cause like, as we all kind of just said before the show, you don't really hear him talk that much, especially since he's announced his retirement, but a little snippet, um, uh, Diana actually kind of just asked him like if there's a deadline for in place for Rogers to return where kind of both sides are sitting. Um, and here's where everything sits. So to keep in mind, the new league year does start March 15th. So about 30 or there'd be 33 days um, when we're releasing this episode, wow. uh, 28 days in um, February. So basically Murphy said that there hasn't been a deadline made. We both realize the sooner the decision made is uh, the better. Goody has been in contact with him, regular contact with Rogers. And I think Rogers has expressed that he doesn't want to drag it on, which he has said multiple times. So all that being said, it did sound like also based off his Tuesday comments on the Pat McAfee show that after he gets out of his darkness retreat, which I believe is next week, um, he plans to make a decision after that. So looking at the, the calendar here, let's assume next week he gets in. Monday goes out for four days. I'm sure there's a little recovery after, let's say, by the 20th, between the 20th and the 10th, we should probably have a conversation or at least a, an answer. So that's, if I had to guess, to pinpoint where that would be, because um, then the, the league week would start like the ne- that next Wednesday after the 10th on that Friday. So kind of just pushing you know the timeline a little bit off with his, um, his darkness retreat. I guess that kind of gets us to a different threshold. Not sure if he'll instantaneously do it after after he has some realization and uh whatever you know comes to light uh no pun intended from the darkness retreat retreat (laughs) but ultimately (laughs) ultimately that is uh the only really news and notes as we gathered through this offseason however last night on thursday by Diana senior was there nfl honors uh came out unfortunately uh, the one I think that everyone was looking for from the Packer side was Aaron Jones with the Walter Manor, Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. He has consistently been up for that. Um, he unfortunately didn't win that. Went to Dak Prescott, um, which is great. And, you know, all 32 gentlemen are obviously winners, just what they're doing to give back to their community. Um, but all that being said, we wanted to come up with our own NFL honors list, going through you know Coach of the Year for the Packers, Offensive Rookie of the Year, play uh, MVP, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we have eight of them to go through: uh, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, uh, Play or Moment of the Year, and then Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year. I ran through those way better than I did in pre-production trying to get those out. Um, so we're going to start with we'll start with just top to bottom. I think, guys, which you know, what? I'm going to I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take some liberties here. We're going to start with the rookies. Because why not? It's the first year in. We'll get we'll we'll start out slow here. Uh, so we're gonna start out with the I think we'll start with the offensive rookie of the year. I feel like it's a kind of a consensus on this one. This will get us uh onto a, a steady path forward, guys. So Eli, I'm gonna start with you. Who is your offensive rookie of the year for the 2022 Green Bay Packers? Well, as I said before the show, I don't see any way it doesn't go to Sean Ryan. But if it wasn't Sean <laughs> Ryan, I would say Christian Watson. Um, considering, I mean. Obviously, this this I think would be almost anyone's answer, but just again, what he did those those you know four or five weeks or whatever it was, uh, the middle of the season was just it was a story. Basically, the only guy to do what he's done, he went you know over the span of four games, scoring eight total touchdowns. I mean, just absolutely dominant and 
I don't see any other pick other than Christian Watson here. Janelle, do you agree? Yeah, first of all, sorry. I think my upstairs neighbor is vacuuming. So if you hear anything like that, please disregard. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it was one of the easiest answers for our awards here. And I know we said we would probably have a lot of crossover with who we picked on our list, um, just because there are some super obvious ones. And I mean, Christian Watson, I know he kind of had a, he had a bumpy start because of the injuries and just not being able to find consistent time on the field. But when he was out there and I mean, when you're being compared to Randy Moss and putting up numbers like he was and just being an absolute game changer and becoming a reliable target for Rogers or love or whoever was playing quarterback at the time. Um, I think it just showed, you know, he's going to be extremely valuable in the coming years and, you know, maybe, maybe it kind of helps like, okay, yeah, they didn't take a first round wide receiver, but that doesn't mean that the talent isn't there. And he, he has the ability to play like what could have been a first round receiver. So um, yeah, I mean, he, he was just an absolute blast to watch and the way, like his speed it's, it's yeah, he, he's going to make it tough on defenses going forward. And I think it's just awesome to see, especially, you know, we are kind of waiting to see with the MVS piece, obviously nobody was ever going to fill Devante shoes, but when you can get that deep threat that MVS was in, you know, Christian Watson and the way that he can just extend plays with his speed and, you know, guys just can't catch him. So once he was able to, you know, obviously there was the really bad drop in Minnesota week one, but he has obviously redeemed himself throughout the season. And um, I'm really hoping that it just stays consistent that way. And there's no sophomore year slump or anything like that, but I don't expect that from him at all. So yeah, easy, easy choice here that he was our uh, offensive rookie of the year for sure. Yeah, no doubt. I think what you both said is absolutely correct. And if you think about it, like he really only broke out halfway through the season and still put up some pretty damn um, great, you know, statistical numbers. Also impacted that offense quite a bit when they needed a lift there. I think there's a, so obviously I'm picking Christian Watson as well. I think there's obviously a conversation to be had about Romeo Dobbs. Um, and I think Zach Tom as well is someone that we could have uh, easily had brought up had he continued his preseason and training camp um, dominance. He did have that ankle injury, kind of didn't really ever get in rhythm once Christian Watson came back as, as much as we had thought. Um, but definitely Christian Watson, I think, is uh, unanimous, clearly, um, off of our uh, opinions for the offensive rookie of the year. So we'll go to the defensive side, guy. guys. I think, again, on this side of the ball, I think there's it's probably almost a runaway with this one as well. Um, you would have looked for a couple other players maybe to contribute this year. I'll start. I, I, I'm picking Quay Walker. Um, I know there's a, probably a conversation for Devontae Wyatt and, and Igbari. If either of you guys want to make an argument for either of those, I'll happily hear them because I definitely considered them, um, or at least in Igbari, more than Devontae Wyatt, obviously, um, in consideration you know, over maybe the unanimous of Christian Watson for the offensive side. But I'm going to go with Quay Walker. Um, super, super solid. If he can get his emotions and maturity in check, I think he's going to be a great player for them. And it's, he's the type of player that I've wanted the Packers to have for many, many years, whether it be free agency, but ultimately actually drafting a really, really dynamic athletic inside linebacker. I'm excited to see what he does in his sophomore um, campaign. Janelle, what, who is your offensive, or excuse me, who is your defensive rookie of the year for the 2022 Packers? Yeah, no creativity from my end. I also picked Quay Walker. I think, you know, he kind of, he, he kind of similar to Watson where it's like he started maybe, you know, not, he wasn't hot out the gate. Uh, you could tell that there was some um, just getting used to NFL game speed and learning how to play in the NFL. But once it started to click, he really was a menace out on the field for the Packers. And it was really fun to watch him really start to 
gain that confidence and get comfortable in his role and really be such a key key factor in this defense, especially when, you know, I I put in parentheses on my list, Gary would have won had he not gotten hurt because he was having a phenomenal season. Um, and when you lose a guy like Gary, it's important for other guys to step up. And I think Walker really stepped into his role in the way that the team really needed him to. And um, yeah, it was, it was really fun to see what he was able to do on the field and making the place he was. So uh, like you said, Matt, I think you just, he's a young guy and he let the emotions get the best of him, but that doesn't take away the way that he was playing. Like, at least it wasn't enough to discredit the kind of person and player he is. I think, you know, I think it's just needing to learn how to keep emotions in check in moments where your emotions are running super high. And I mean, when you're changing the setting and there's, there's a lot going on and it's so fast paced and um, in moments where things are going the way they are, it's, you know, it's human nature to react certain ways. So I think that's just one of those things that he now knows going forward, Hey, really got to be better about that. And um, kind of just those growing pains and unfortunately growing pains that are happening on national TV, but we have seen a lot of positives from him. So I still feel very comfortable giving this award to him. Love it. Absolutely agree. Eli, are we going to go two for two on the consensus ballot voting for Eli or yourself, Janelle and me? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's got to be Quay Walker. Kind of like what you said, Matt, just someone, the kind of inside linebacker I have wanted for years and years to be in the middle of this defense. Like as great as Devondre Campbell is, he's more of like that stereotypical inside linebacker while Quay Walker is just fast and rangy and long. And, and he just has that versatility that we really have not seen out of the middle linebackers. So I will go with Walker, but yeah, I mean, Kingsley and Inigbare to come in and do what he did definitely deserves to at least be talked about. And just real quick, just saying I'm now that we're talking about rookies, it's pretty impressive. I mean, obviously we know this was an impressive class, but I feel like a good way to look at it is just about every single pick outside of, again, this is not to go at Sean Ryan. I hope he has a great career, but outside of him, um, and a couple of the seventh rounders, which is whatever, I think every single guy we drafted would undoubtedly be drafted higher, if not considerably higher, if the draft was done today. So that's kind of something that I like to look at at the end of you know at the end of their rookie season from a draft class. And yeah, I mean there was eleven picks. I would say eight of them would have been drafted considerably higher if the draft was done today. I think I saw something about that like after the season. And it's a good reminder though, because when you look at some of those players, you're like, oh damn, this player actually like exceeded expectations. And I think there's a ton of them on the list. Dobbs comes to mind, um, Zach Tom comes to mind, and Igbari, Tariq Carpenter, who contributed slightly, you know, slightly as a you know late round pick. I think there's definitely a conversation to be had about um a ton of those guys. So we're two for two guys. I hope there is some um controversy as we get into this. I I'm also bring just up- realized I talked about uh, Gary and we were talking about rookie of the year. So I, I wrote you, it wrong in my notes here, so please disregard, and yeah. thanks for like letting me just look stupid and no one calling me out on that. <laughs> I, I, I honestly didn't realize. Oh, so I realized you said it halfway through. Well, I heard what you said, but I was just thinking, we were talking about defense, and I'm like, yeah, well, Gary would have been defensive player of the year, but that's true. It was rookie. And I was well, like, wait then. a minute. We're talking about rookies. <laughs> okay, so sorry, everybody. I'm, I swear I'm smarter than that. I know that Gary isn't a rookie. Disregard, so a, disregard. A, a late second adjustment to my ballot here that I forgot about this player. I'm going to bring up this topic next or this category next is comeback player of the year. I think there's um, even this year for like the NFL, there was a ton of different 
players up for consideration. Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Geno Smith. Like, I think there's a ton of players that probably could have been even added to that list. And I think the Packers are eligible for a longer list of nominees for this as well. Um, I know even just like debating before the show, there was at least two that we were completely on board on. I have a different one that I'm going to bring up, but I want, I know there's going to be some disparity between this one. So comeback player of the year, Janelle, who is your comeback player of the year for the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, I mean, this one was really tough because obviously, you know, we talked a lot throughout the season about the injury report. So we were constantly talking talking about uh, David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, and they're both, it seems like, very simultaneous. Like, they're neck and neck with the award. But I do think just based on a lot of the numbers that I've seen when Bakhtiari's on the field, his uh, protection and all that kind of stuff, I would have to go with Bakhtiari for it even though like I, I love Elton Jenkins and I like, you know, I do, I wish I could pick them both, but I think just based on the statistical standpoint, um, when Bakhtar was in the field, I think that he, you know, he was doing his job the way that he's supposed to. And, you know, as one of the best blindside blockers in the league, um, I think that, you know, it, it's tough, especially, you know, cause offensive linemen, they don't really get stats the way that a lot of other players do where it's not you know the pretty looking stats where you can look and say oh well they got hurt last year and then they came back this year and they had a thousand yards and like 16 touchdowns it's a lot different looking at linemen which I think is what makes it tougher that they're both linemen um, that I'm trying to compare but I do think that just statistically looking at Bakhtiari's numbers I really liked what I saw from him and I mean he really had to battle through a lot of adversity to get to the position that he was at where he was actually able to play those games. And it's been a long time coming for him. So you just think about everything that he went through to like in his road to recovery and finally getting the opportunity and then putting up the numbers that he did in his position. I had to lean more his way for sure. Love it. Love it. I think there's definitely what you mentioned too, like statistically, like, stats aside for offensive linemen, it's one of those things that's almost like a kicker or punter. You never really like care about them until they're like, you're never, they're not even on your radar until they suck. And mm-hmm. then you're like, this guy's terrible. And you never realize that a guy has never given up a sack, maybe throw the whole season or you know, has the best pressure rate or whatever, you know, against the pressure. So I think, um, yeah, definitely the way Bakhtiari rebounded this year, I think was great. Um, did have a little bit of a setback, which is one reason why I didn't pick him. I'm interested yeah, if Eli fair. agrees. Yeah, I'm interested if Eli agrees with Bakhtiari, picks the other lineman that we had mentioned or someone else. Uh, as much as I do love Elton Jenkins, which is very much, I got to go with Bakhtiari. I mean, it's, okay. it's, they both came back from ACLs, obviously, but we know Bakhtiari's was really a once, you know, a, a rare case. And it just taken so long. And we really didn't know, like coming into this year, we had no idea if we were ever going to see the David Bakhtiari that we were all used to seeing. And he came in, not a single sack, not a single hit on the quarterback. He was ranked up there once again with all of the elite tackles in the entire NFL. Him, Lane Johnson, you know, great company. Yeah, he missed some time, but, you know, it was a fluke, you know, injury with the appendectomy, not like a more concern about the knee. And I think going into this year, like going in, going into this past season, I think there was a lot of debate if Bakhtiari would even be on the team in 2023 because of his cap hit. And I think he played this year more than well enough to really silence those doubters. And I don't see any way he's not on the team this year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I like it. Good conversation. Um, I'm really curious who popped into Matt's head. So this is like I was, you know, being the host of this, right? I can kind of position myself like I'm going to maybe wait until later to bring this position up or, you know, offensive rookie, defense rookie. It seemed very easy that we could just Mm -hmm. run with those. I was going to wait for comeback player of the year later, but I was like, I want to get this one out of the way because I know this player might be used as a defensive player of the year. I'm going to go with Jair Alexander. Because if you go back to 2021, right, he played in basically only two and a half, three and a half games. He gets hurt in that week four against Pittsburgh with the shoulder. We all assume it's like, ah, he'll be back eventually. They shut him down, put him on an IR. He's not even activated until the playoff game, which he only plays in like 15% of the snaps. And that game's essentially a non-factor in that Niners game. And then he comes back this year, leads the team in picks with five plays almost I mean not all the snaps he definitely goes out in the um, week three game versus Tampa and then sits out versus New England but ultimately like he kind of responded back and people I think were kind of on him pretty hard in the beginning of the year especially like he wasn't being as dynamic with the pass breakups maybe in the first couple weeks of the first month he you know it's like did he get his bag and just kind of like sit on it like what's going on but he really came on towards I would say the last two-thirds of the season and definitely contributed really really well um in the back end of that defense that was kind of inconsistent you know between eric stokes getting banged up Razul douglas trying to find his way darnell savage and amos struggling um rudy ford stepping in so like i'm gonna go with jair alexander i think he had a great comeback year and definitely is what we come to expect um as a packers fan and i think it kind of puts that 2021 season in a little bit of perspective like he probably was dealing with quite an injury especially with them shutting him that him down them him down that long and also just the way they were like valuating that injury like he's a really really young talent we're giving him a lot of money let's make sure we don't stunt his growth and he clearly responded in 2022 so he's gonna be my comeback player of the year somehow elton jenkins gets snubbed off this which i thought um out of the three of us we would have picked but sometimes it's just the way it goes right well, comeback player of the year, was, like uh, we said that was a good pull matt honestly i mean yeah i i kind of forgot he missed as much time as he did last year so pretty pretty I hard to argue on that for some reason, I thought that I went to that Steelers game. I thought it was later in the year, but yeah, it was what was it week four? Did I say like that's crazy? Yeah, like he was four. just really out that damn long. Um, so I'm gonna go with Jair. 
let's go now to the as we transition a little bit here we'll go to we'll go player the moment of the year another one where there's if we all agree on one i would be shocked um maybe we will there's there's an opportunity there play of the year moment of the year um eli why don't we start with you uh this is definitely the one that i probably struggled with the most had to look back at the games kind of remember you know because there's even in a losing season, a lot of big moments, a lot of exciting times. But I don't know how I can pick anything that's not Chris, uh, Keyshawn Nixon's return versus the Vikings. Okay. Uh, I just, number one, being a Packer fan, we all know that we basically do not get to see anything positive on special teams, let alone a touchdown. And it was just so, it was right in the heat of that four-game winning streak against the Vikings, obviously who had a terrific season. And right after that opening touchdown, or sorry, I think it was a yeah, touchdown for the Vikings, to come back and and take that to the house the way he did. I mean, Jen, you were there. I, I don't I don't know if I don't know if Lambeau Field lost its mind more than on that moment the whole season. Well, he literally, yeah, because I was in the end zone, like in the picture that I found, like I'm you my hand kind of makes it the back of my head. Um, but yeah, so it was right there. I actually I didn't pick that moment because I knew somebody else would. So I wanted to be able to talk about other things. Um, But yeah, I mean, that was just, it set the tone for that game and it just, they rode the momentum throughout it. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was such an amazing moment, especially because the view that I had um, being in the end zone, I could see him running basically at me, which was super cool just to see him find that gap and just take off. And then um, yeah, I mean, he, he was a really special player in a lot of big moments, but that one for sure um, just set up just an absolute curb stomping against the Vikings, which, I mean, we all love to see. So that was amazing. So, yeah, I think that um, that was at the top of my list, but I went with something else just so we could discuss other things. But, yeah, I mean, Keyshawn Nixon, he was such a treat to watch this year and to be able to see those kinds of things in person. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it almost leaves you speechless just the way seeing it in person the way that we did. And, yeah, it, it's – it was incredible and Lambo was ecstatic and people are screaming so early on in the game. And um, unfortunately I wish we would have had that kind of momentum at the beginning of the season, but it's never too late to be able to celebrate those kinds of things. Any type of big play when you're at a game is just wild, whether it's like a long run, mostly it's runs like passes are tough because there's so much chaos and the ball's in the air and you're following it. But like a long run or like a kick return is absolutely awesome to see. Right. I think the Christian, Christian Nixon one's a great pick. Um, yeah. Janelle, what, what was your player moment of the year? So I actually, it's from the same game. Okay. Um, it's nothing statistical, but one of my favorite moments of the year, oh, yeah. was Jair grittying on Justin <laughs> Jefferson. I mean, as, yeah. as a Minnesotan, who loves the Packers and hates the Vikings, you know, all the crap that Jair talked and everybody was like, Oh, like he needs to get his head checked, all this stuff talking about, you know, everybody just worried, like, is he okay? Like there's no way. And then he goes out there and shuts Jefferson down and gritties on him. And Paul Allen's so upset on Twitter and life was just so good. (laughs) And everyone, everyone's so mad about it. And I loved it because I mean, like I said, I'm here in Minnesota, kids gritty up and down the halls all the time. And they were all so mad on Monday, like, oh, he didn't even gritty right. He didn't do it well. Like they were, you could just taste the bitterness and the salt in the air. And it was amazing. So that's one of the things I'll remember most from the season. Like there's a lot of really big plays. 
and things that'll go on the staff book. But I mean, that moment, it was, it was just so sweet for me as someone who is surrounded by too much purple. Um, that moment, that, that's going to stick with me for a long, long time. Yeah, not, not a stat, not a highlight reel in the sense, and not a, you know, anything statistical or added to the scoreboard or the box score, but definitely helps the the pettiness meter for Janelle living in Minnesota, getting oh, yeah. uh, Jair to, oh, yeah. to, to Gritty in front of Jai, uh, in front of uh, Justin Jefferson. That was, that was similar to, you know, Roger's uh, salute to Soldier Field for me here in Chicago. I basically walked around the entire city throwing that around at people. I don't even know if they're Bears fans. I was just <laughs> saluting them, and they had to deal with it. I am definitely on mine bending the rules quite a bit, um, but I'm going to take liberty with that. So I am going to go, and it was actually, I think it was Eli's honorable mention that he had in his list, and this was the first one that popped into my head. It was basically the entire game that was for Christian Watson after he had those couple drops versus the Dallas Cowboys. And I realize that's not a moment or a single play. You could make an argument it's a moment because it wasn't the entire game, but I was at that game, and oh, honestly, I was so pissed when he dropped those first couple passes i'm like here we go like this we need to make some plays against dallas they're a damn good team and then to see him like he complete i completely changed my tune about him in that game not like across like his whole season but i'm like okay clearly there's some positives we can take away from this he's going up against trayvon Diggs or any of the other corners they had out there um, and just to you know, rack up three touchdowns. There was a couple plays where it was like he's just running past people in you know towards the end zone. Um, and I think that was a huge turning point. I've said this multiple times. I think that was a huge turning point with the way that offense ran. Not only that they could rely on Christian Watson in the passing game, but the way they were running the ball in that game, motioning in and out of certain personnel sets out of the shotgun formation, two back sets, putting in Josiah DeGuarin motion from outside to get some crack box for some uh, some run fit. So. Ultimately, I'm going to go with that one because um, it was just I think it was just a super impactful moment for the team. And finally, for all Packers fans, including myself at the game to be like, wow, I'm done with Christian Watson to be like, OK, this guy can actually contribute and he can be a star eventually. The only thing I'm taking out of what I'm hearing today is you were at the Cowboy game. Jen yep. was at the Viking game. Yep. And I went to the Titans game. What a fun, <laughs> fun, what a fun time. I was so happy to freeze my ass off and watch us lose by 10 points to a team that lost its last six games of the year after beating us. Wow, wow, wow. I'm so happy. You guys really make me feel good. Uh, I mean, really, we should just ban Eli from Lambeau Field because nothing good ever happens when he's there. I can't go back. Like, literally, I just see losses. And even in Soldier, like, yes, I saw Cobb in 2013, which is enough for an entire lifetime, potentially. But... Yeah, just losses all over. I'm just, a, I'm just a walking out. I love okay. it. Like I've seen hail marys. I've seen kick returns. I've seen <laughs> kick sixes. Otherwise, like I've Ooh. seen hills. <laughs> How funny, Jen? How hilarious! I think it's yeah, hilarious for sure. I've seen. You know, I was at the Rogers. Well, weren't you at the knee game? No, I was at the. I was at the 2013 uh, collarbone game. Or was that? Matt, that was at the knee game. I was not. No, I was not at somebody, that. Somebody else around here. Maybe it was Dan. I know somebody else was at the knee yeah, game. I think it was Dan. I think you guys Because he always goes to the home opener. Yep. yep. It was Dan then. All I remember from that, not not to go on a super riff here, but all I remember from that Tennessee game is Traylon Burks, rookie breaking oh. out, and like Austin Hooper just like going yeah, crazy. Austin like, Hooper, why are, why are go, these guys going nuts? Falcons, Austin Hooper, yep. Shannon Sharp reincarnated. What's happening? Derek Henry throwing touchdowns to Austin Hooper. I thought I was on mushrooms. I don't know. I what feel like this, 
I don't even remember that game happening. That's how, like, this season just turned my so brain weird. to complete mush where I completely forgot they even played the Titans. Like, well, I tried to, was, you know, that Austin Hooper really... touchdown, get it out of my brain forever because it was just too too much. Bad. Yeah, well, I sat next to one of the 17 Titans fans in the stadium, and he was maybe the most annoying person alive. So that was fun. But I could be wrong, but I'm not, obviously. Um, I feel like almost certainly – uh, I saw Aaron Rodgers, hopefully not last, but possibly last free play, for sure free play touchdown, because he threw that free play touchdown to Watson. So that's something. Uh, I'll take it. Potentially uh, see some history there. Uh, it was very exciting, though, to see Watson scoring two touchdowns kind of made up for the overall depressing end of that night. <laughs> Silver lining. Um, let's go now, guys. We have four left here. Let's get through these. Uh, defensive player of the year. I'll start. Um, I think there's this one was tough for me, honestly. I already used Jair up. I obviously could use him again. I would, yeah, I would have probably picked him, but I didn't have even him slotted in here. Um, Janelle had mentioned, I think, unanimously, if if uh, Rashawn Gary plays the entire season, he is definitely the defensive mm-hmm. player of the year based off of the year he was having. Um, that being said, there was a lot of inconsistency throughout the entire year, a lot of top-end talent that just didn't rise to the occasion. I'm going to go with Preston Smith based off of just how he was an honorable mention for me. Okay, good. Like just based off of it's this again has to do with my opinions of him. I've been kind of critical of Preston with Preston Smith since after his first year with the Packers. Great first year ever since then. It was inconsistent. Some of that I think had to do with scheme, you know, with Mike Pettin, how he had lined up. I think a lot of that had to do maybe with effort at one point in 2020. So at the end of the day though, he led the team in sacks with eight and a half. Again, Rayshon Gary probably would have led the team. He led the team with tackles for losses. He had a forced fumble. I just feel like when Rayshon or Gary went down and we already were thin at that position, he at least had some stability there in a position that it was like, what the hell are we going to get out of the rest of these cast of characters from the other side? Because it was a constant rotation between who's going to rush the passer um, on the opposite side of Preston Smith. I saw he played pretty consistent football. It's not a sexy pick by no means. I'm not super excited about it, but I felt like there were – Everything was like a, a B or a C to pick. There's no A or a slam dunk co- consensus one like the offensive rookie or defensive rookie. Um, so that's I'm going to go with Preston Smith because I do feel like he was consistent throughout the whole year and definitely um, has lived up to some of the potential because I think l- going into the season, I literally thought there was a p- potential. I think a lot of people did that he could be cut and been a cap casualty. So he stepped up to, to his performance and he's my defensive player of the year. Janelle, who's yours? Yeah, well, first, I really do like the Preston Smith pick. I do. I I love Preston Smith. I love everything that he does on the field. And I felt like, yeah, he, since that, you know, Smith bros year, been a little bit quieter, but he's still out there doing his job. And like you said, he's very consistent with what he does. Um, So, yeah, I really do like that pick. I did end up going with Jair for a lot of the reasons Matt mentioned for being the comeback player of the year for him. Just, you know, he, he was... I, I, I was kind of critical of him for a lot of the year um, just because I feel like, you know, it's Jair and I had really high expectations for him, but he did really turn things around and he, you know, he became a pro bowler and all that stuff. So he, he really started to prove, he kind of proved me wrong, which is a lot of the reason why I wanted to pick him and kind of honor him because I don't know if I ever put anything out there, but I remember just watching games and it's like, man, I just, I want to see more from him. I expect more from him. And then he eventually got to that point where he was like, I'm going to shut you up and I'm going to play ball. And 
yeah, so that's exactly what he did. And I think that a lot of the words that he was saying, he was backing up with his actions, you know, kind of like how I mentioned before that Minnesota game, just he talks a lot, but he has the ability to go in there and then back up what he's saying. Like he knows that he's good. He has the confidence. And I kind of like that cocky swagger that he has where, you know, if he didn't play for the Packers, I'd probably despise him. But because he plays for my team, I love it. And um, yeah, I just think there's a lot of, he, he was able to really pull things together in a, you know, DB room that was kind of struggling a little bit. Um, you know, we weren't seeing the performances we thought we would from guys like Douglas and Stokes got hurt and the safeties were kind of struggling. So I felt like he was a pretty good constant back there, even if he wasn't, you know, the player that we thought he was, you know, not like the explosive plays as much as, you know, we've maybe seen in previous years, but he he was good enough for me and he really turned it around at the end. And yeah, I mean, it's really hard to not want to give him this award based on the way he finished the season. No doubt. No doubt. Um, Eli, your defensive player of the year, my man. Yeah. So, I mean, Jair, you know, kind of, kind of the most logical pick, I would say. And yeah, like you both said, didn't start off great, but really, really came on strong and not only came on strong, but also just had he had big plays in the bigger moments. Like not only was he making big plays, but specifically at the big moments, end of games, or when you're covering arguably the best receiver in the NFL, obviously that's Devontae Adams, but uh, close with Justin Jefferson and doing what he did in that game. Uh, and also, by the way, Matt, I do love the Preston Smith pick. And I will say, I guess we're all on the same page with that, but Preston Smith, low-key, one of my favorite players on the Packers. I just feel like Maybe it's because of how opposite of Zadarius he is, but just a great locker room guy. Goes, does his job, no drama, always good vibes. Just love Preston Smith. But I'm going to go actually with my defensive rookie of the year, and I'm going to stick with Quay Walker. I think for a middle linebacker, it's kind of like defensive tackle or tight end on offense. Like rookie middle linebackers are generally not making big impacts. They're not even always playing a ton. And he went out there, and Devondre Campbell missed – he was on IR. I mean, he missed a, he missed a handful of games, almost half the season. And outside of maybe the first game against Detroit where Quay Walker was just then getting, you know, calling the plays and doing all that. But from then on, he was phenomenal. And again, like I said, when rookie, just, just so, so different from what we've had as an inside linebacker for the Packers. So yes, Jair, probably bigger highlight real plays, but anchor of the defense potentially future anchor of the defense. I think that's Quay Walker. I think there's definitely an, ar- an argument for, him. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go to offensive player of the year. This one I kind of struggled with you guys. I thought it was a little bit difficult um, just because again, similar to the defense, like there was a lot of guys I felt like that underperformed. I think there's probably maybe three or four to consider. Uh, I'll start. I went with Aaron Jones, offensive player of the year. I think he had his best statistical year, or at least rushing wise. Um, with the Green Bay Packers only had two touchdowns, which kind of sucked. AJ Dillon kind of gobbled up a lot of short yardage ones. Uh, but I felt like he was a, a consistent player. He did battle with a couple fumbles throughout the year, which was not great. He's seemed to have that every once in a while. They kind of go in waves for him, which is kind of a pro- issue. Not really a big fan of that. Um, but ultimately that's who I went with. He had almost 60 grabs, almost 400 yards, five receiving touchdowns, I think, which was big too. Um, he was the biggest bright spot for them when they couldn't figure out what was going on with those receivers had maybe issues with the you know the, um, the offensive line earlier in the year. So I'm going to go with Aaron Jones. Again, not a sexy pick, but always an offensive uh, you know, weapon that they have for the Green Bay Packers. 
Uh, Eli, who's your offensive player of the year? Uh, yeah, I can't can't really disagree with you on that one. I basically okay. spent every single Friday here and Wednesday on open book, just begging to see Aaron Jones touch the ball as much as possible. Like you said, highest rush total of his career. That's great. A very good receiving year with five touchdowns and a ton of receptions, a lot of yards. Yes, the rushing touchdowns were not there, but rushing touchdowns and I think touchdowns in general, it's not, you know, the end all be all of judging a person's season. And we all know, I mean, Aaron Jones, likely the most talented player on that offense, maybe the whole team. I, he's just special. Absolutely. Janelle? Yeah, Aaron Jones across the board. I think that he he's a sturdy piece in this offense. And obviously, where, you know, it, there was a lot of struggles on offense this year. And like you mentioned, yeah, he was sometimes part of that with the fumbles and stuff like that. But I think that he is just such an anchor on this team. And yeah, when we have new guys in the receiver room and Rogers playing behind a beat up offensive line and maybe the passing game just isn't there, or even, you know, Aaron Jones can be involved in the passing game and be successful. So I think that um, the offense kind of revolves around him, or at least it should more than it reflected. Um, kind of like Eli mentioned, just a lot of us were begging for more touches from Aaron Jones. So I think that he is just, He's such a phenomenal player, and I know there's a lot of people who are talking about, like, not bringing him back, and mm-hmm. I would be devastated if we didn't get a guy like this back who is such a phenomenal player and phenomenal person who, like, if we had to pick the Walter Payton Man of the Year award, we all would have picked him for sure um, just across the board again with him. He's just – he's everything that you want in a player, and it's really hard not to want to recognize all of his abilities on and off the field. Yeah, no doubt. I was surprised actually that we all went with this. I thought there was maybe I thought Eli would sneak in an Aaron Rodgers on us, or someone would maybe go with uh, Christian Watson. Me, I, I, Aaron yeah, exactly. No. But I, I was I did think somebody would pick Watson. I, that was my yes. that was my honorable mention. No, I think I think well, Aaron Jones I mean, is obvious. AJ Dillon, even though the first half of the year very disappointing, but his yeah. finish was damn impressive. Definitely. Um, so we got two left guys, coach of the year and MVP. We'll start with coach of the year. Uh, my coach of the year is Luke Butkus. I felt, again, this was really, really tough to pick because I felt like Matt LaFleur had his worst year. Steno being the OC didn't really do, you know, didn't look that great, although he was kind of given a, a different deck of cards than um, you know, previous offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, I think Joe Barry clearly not even on consideration. I think Rich Passaccia is one you could maybe pick, but I think there's an, probably a conversation we'll get into as we go through this, uh, giving our selections. Uh, so Luke Buckus is mine just based off of what he did in his first year as the, um, he was the assistant offensive line coach in 2021, took over the full-time role um, in 2022. And just, you know, being given the, as we mentioned with our offensive or comeback rookies of the year or comeback players of the year, the inconsistency between Elton Jenkins and Bakhtiari, what was going on with them, having some uh, rookies that you're trying to get in there, figuring out that Royce Newman's not the guy, like just shuffling through all of that early in the year. I think he did a really damn good job. Um, And after they kind of got their best five figured out halfway through the season and kind of were still shuffling around maybe in early to mid-October, once they found that consistency, I felt like it really, really held it down for them. And I was, I've been very, very impressed throughout this entire year um, of that offensive line group. I think a lot of that goes to Luke Butkus and not only him, but just like the way they've acquired talent, versatility. They spend 
draft capital on it and they'll bring in guys when necessary. So Luke Butkus is mine. I'm really interested to hear what um, Janelle's is and of course Eli's, but Janelle, why don't you go first with your coach of the year for the Packers? Yeah, I was only a little hesitant to give uh, Basaccia the award, but I am going to give it to him. And the only reason I was a little hesitant is because of the whole Amari Rogers thing. Um, but I'm not totally sure who whose fault that fell on, um, if it was more him or LaFleur or a combination. Um, but I think just, you know, special teams was such a mess, to put it kindly, going into this season that for him to be able to come in and, you know, turn them into what he did and now he's getting coaching offers, I think that says a lot about who he is and what he did. And I think a lot of it, you know, once they were able to move on from the Amari Rogers experience in the special teams realm. Um, I really just felt like special teams was kind of one of the more consistent pieces to this game. And a lot of that does fall on Keyshawn Nixon. So it does help a lot when you get a player like that in that role. But I think that just the jump that special teams made from last year to this year, I think you really do got to credit him a lot for it. Um, And I know Eli, I think you said you ran into him during training camp or something like that. And he was just like a very straightforward, like no nonsense kind of guy when you ask for a picture or whatever it was with him. And I think that he just, he has everything you needed to be, to go in there and kind of be like, Hey, we're turning this around. And, you know, you want to be, you, your guys want to be able to have fun out there. But I think that we really did see um, what we needed to in the special teams. And this year could have been a lot worse had special teams been what they were last year. So I think special teams was honestly like a saving grace this year. So it's really hard for me to not want to, give kudos to the coach of that position. So I'm giving it to Basaccio. Eli, are you agreeing with Basaccio? You're going with Luke Butkus? You're going with your boy, Joe Barry? What are you thinking? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is obviously very hard to argue against Basaccio, but Jen does make a good point. You know, at the end of the day, <laughs> Amari Rogers, Amari Rogers was out there for about a 99% longer than he should have been. Uh, that's basically all there is to it. <laughs> And I will say also when it came to field goals and punts, the pressure on our kickers and the amount of block kicks, a little bit insane. But, yes, of course, for Packer fans, and we all know a huge improvement, even with a handful of blocks and a bunch of fumbles, but still better. But I do want to talk for a second about Jason Vrabel, wide receivers coach. He came in, and unlike basically any other year with the Packers, no Devontae, no Jordy, no, you know, Greg Jennings, Donald Driver, James Jones. Yes, Cobb's there, but we know Cobb today is not the Cobb he was, you know, eight years ago. But to go in there with Alan Lazard and Cobb is like your de facto one-two with three rookies, no real game-changing tight end, obviously massive, massive signing Sammy Watkins. I don't know how we go in the line without Sammy Watkins. Um, so I just think, you know, was it always great? Was it always perfect? No, there were drops. The offense wasn't phenomenal obviously but you know Christian Watson the way this year started it could have been a total blank of a season and he's a complete question mark going into next year his confidence could have been shot this that the coaching staff Watson whoever he was working with obviously kept him on track confidence stayed up and he did what he did Dobbs I think great year very underrated because the injury at the end but those first like 10 weeks he was making just phenomenal catches. Like, I'm really, really excited about Dobbs. And then Toure, when given the opportunity, he showed some flashes. Obviously, didn't play a ton. But, yeah, Bisaccio, great choice. But I also think Vrabel is uh, at least worth considering. 
Definitely, especially you get you know, you lose Devontae Adams, the best receiver in the league, and then you're you know handed a rookie class and obviously Hammy Watkins, who didn't really do much of anything. Um, no, I think I think there's a, definitely a conversation for Jason Brable to get it. Uh, either way, why don't we stay with you? We're going to do our MVP. Uh, again, I feel like a, there's going to be possibly some repeats of some of these names. Um, I think there's definitely a consideration for a ton of different people here for players. Um, Eli, who's your MVP for the Green Bay Packers in 2022? I got to go Jordan Love. No, um, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. I know it's it's probably not like exciting and also – at least in Aaron Rodgers' terms, this was potentially the worst year of his career. But number one, it's not like there was a Devontae Adams who probably would have been the easy choice in a season like this. And Aaron Jones even, you know, as good as he was, and we all called him Offensive Player of the Year. But bottom line, Aaron Rodgers, he still is the leader of this team. This team goes and stops with him. It's that simple. And this year, look, obviously it was not, it was not the best of years, and we hope – for a much better future if there is one. But given, you know, coming into the year, again, no Devontae, a bunch of rookies, a new offensive coordinator, a new system, just a lot, a lot of change for a 39-year-old quarterback coming into his 18th season. And, you know, again, he did everything I think he could to put the team in, in, the, in the best position to win. Obviously, it did not work out a ton this year, but I'm not sure there's anyone else that I could look at as more valuable to the team than him. Love it. I, I, I figured at some point your Aaron Rodgers fandom would sneak <laughs> out. I think it's a decent pick, honestly. Like he still had a overall for the NFL, you know, quarterback stats this year. He was still pretty high up there for some t- statistics, even though it was a down year for him and offense was down as and I mean he led the NFC about every stat. I mean, again, that's not the whole NFL, but in terms of in his conference, you were not going to find a quarterback playing much better football than him. It just did not work out the rest of the 53. Absolutely. Oh, there are some people that are going to have fun dragging you, Eli. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, They're going to be I'm like, asking, this guy. Like, seriously. Yeah. Come at me. Come at me, bro. I'm ready. No, I, I have no I, – I have a really hard time ever talking bad about Aaron Rodgers just because of everything that – he did as I was growing into my Packers and football overall fandom. So I will, I will respect the pick for sure. Um, Cause like, like Matt just said, and you guys brought up like, even though, yeah, I, our standards are ridiculously high because we've been so blessed with the quarterback position for so many years. I mean, basically since all three of us have been alive for sure. Um, so even in down years, a court, like, in realm of like the whole, like the, uh, the NFL as a whole, he's still up there with his numbers, but um, our standards at quarterback are just so high that, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of controversy when people hear Eli picking Aaron Rodgers, but I mean, it, yeah, he's still a huge part of this team. And I think it's important to recognize that. You know, as the elder of this group, I know I'm older than Janelle. I think I'm older than Eli. I'm just going to pretend I'm the elder. I remember back in the day when it, you know, MVP used to not be always a quarterback selection. And I think even on a down year, quarterback still gets selected. And that's clearly what you guys are going with. I understand that. Yeah, I but didn't most... say I picked I didn't say I picked oh, I'm sorry. I didn't okay. say I picked him. <laughs> Who are you picking? I'm sorry. I'm just saying I respected the pick. Okay. Okay. But yeah, kind of like you're mentioning, you know, the MVP, it's usually a quarterback. Um, usually it's somebody on the offense maybe somebody on the defense, 
but I picked a special teamer because Keyshawn okay. Nixon. Yeah, I, I, when I think of this year, I think like who really turned things around, and that was Keyshawn Nixon for me. And I can't tell by Matt's face if I robbed him of his pick or if he's just dumbfounded. He's nodding. Yes, I took his mm-hmm. pick. Um, but I mean, like, oh my gosh, when Keyshawn Nixon started getting that ball, things just changed for this team. And like Rogers had mentioned, when you get a guy like that, he gets, you know, multiple first downs on his returns and he was making it a lot easier. You know, he wasn't an offensive player, but he was making it easier on the offense with his returns. So I think that he, it's just so hard for me to not look at him as, you know, the center point of like everything that happened with this team, a lot of it, he put them in, you know, ways to succeed with the scoring and his returns. And I mean, when they were, you know, you know, they went from the Vikings game and they needed to beat the Lions. It's like, you can't always rely on him to, you know, bring it all the way back. But I mean, that's kind of the point that it got to where it's like, we were relying on Keyshawn Nixon to do something special because we didn't trust the other two sides of the ball to get it done. So I think when you are looking at a player like that, I think that he deserves like the highest of recognition. So no quarterbacks, no running backs, no wide receivers, nothing here. I'm picking the returner Keyshawn Nixon as my MVP for the season. I was far too excited to dunk on both of you thinking that you'd picked Aaron Rodgers clearly. And then Janelle just sneaks in after I kind of pump fake from the free throw line with a dunk. And she just absolutely whams, you know, blocks me, takes it 90 feet the other way and um, throws it down. So yeah, it's for me, it is Keyshawn Nixon. Like if you think about it, like there's really no consensus on the defensive side offense. I think it's like, I almost, it, it was kind of gross. I even had Rogers in there. I'm like, I just can't pick him. Like there's just no way. And then you go back to like, you know, that's what I was saying is like MVP is always quarterbacks. It's always quarterbacks, but like really like when you break it down and it doesn't happen anymore, like the most valuable player was Keyshawn Nixon. Once Amari Rogers got out of there, if you look back to what he's actually done for the Packers, not only did he have a thousand yards for them, um, in the kickoff return game. The last person to have a thousand yards in the kick return game for the Packers was Will Blackman. Um, now Twitter personality who had 20 more attempts than uh, Keyshawn Nixon did. And that was back in 2008. Uh, if you go back even between kick return um, average, I think Jeff Janis had the best one most recently. And that was like <laughs> 2015. Um, oh my gosh. That's funny. The last, the last kick return touchdown for the Packers, which I'm still shocked this is even possible. And I want to double check this as I'm scrolling through. The last kick return touchdown for the Green Bay Packers was Randall Cobb in 2011. Before that was Alan Rossum in 20, yeah, in 2000. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's I'm insane. Correct. And then the last actual return overall was when Micah High had two punt returns, um, I think, in one of his final years for them, if I recall. So it's like what he did – Hasn't been done in like, let's just call it a decade. Like, you know, there's Jeff Janis here, Micah Hyde here, but there's really been no consistent. Like since the Super Bowl era team. It's disgusting. (laughs) Like it doesn't make sense. So it's like, what can, what can, what can he do after this season? Can he contribute again in the return game, in the punt return game? Um, They clearly struggled with the punt returner. Finally, they got him back there. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he does. I think I've just kind of convinced myself they will bring him back this next year in 2023 um, to resign him for if a team-friendly deal. If they don't bring deal, him back, it would be a riot. I mean, oh, it would, would be, be awful. Most, 
worst malpractices we've seen the Packers do, and we've seen we've seen our fair share. But that would be, I mean, we all know as great as it was, he's not going to be breaking the bank for a team. So if you do he not shouldn't. bring this guy back, I I would honestly I would just be I would be sick. I do. I, I agree. I mean, I think some of that possibly depends on if Basaccia comes back. It seems like those rumblings around the Colts um, head coaching position have like those their their candidates are just it's just a vast list. So I'm not as concerned as I was like a month ago. It's been kind of crazy there. But I do think that kind of depends on there. But ultimately, like if you're getting the attention of Aaron Rodgers as a returner and setting them up for success in you know the red zone or you know just getting the ball, you know, one um, first down or one chain length different for them to not have to move the ball as much. I think that's a huge thing. So I thought I was actually going to pull out a crazy one at the end, but you know, I'm glad we're on the same page. I thought I was pulling out the crazy one. I, I thought you would have maybe picked like Aaron Jones or something. No, but no, no. I didn't want to double up on someone. Even, thought, even though you're the elder, our brains still, you know, very much kind alive. Of, yeah. We, we've always oh, been, you know, obviously very young and hip, cool guy, Aaron Rodgers, yep. cool guy. Yep, I offensive, offensive, you know, ha, uh, backward hat quarterback type yeah. guy. Uh, you know, you I never told that. you guys because I just didn't want to make the show about me, but I'm actually currently on my third day of darkness. I'm doing an eight-day <laughs> retreat because I just feel like four days of darkness, it's not enough darkness. I need more darkness. So I'm doing eight days. Give me all eight days of darkness. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. Days. Basically, the eight day, yeah. That's eight. like the opposite, you know, of your – Jewish heritage where it's like eight days of light and you're yeah, like eight, eight days, days of darkness. <laughs> what I'm going to do for eight days is just take out everyone's candles in their home. You light a candle, I'm there. So oh, Eli's going to blow out a candle every day instead of light yeah. one. <laughs> Boom. That's going to be my throwback. I like that. It's good. Disgusting. Disgusting. Well, we appreciate you guys listening to the episode. Obviously, um, a, a little bit to get to for news around Mark Murphy. Definitely want to get uh, our takes mm-hmm. on the NFL honor stuff. I think it was fantastic to see you know, even like we mentioned, Aaron Jones being up for a nomination. I know some people were talking about Christian Washington, but for offensive player too, I think there's a conversation to be had if you put up a whole season, but um, Garrett Wilson, I think was well-deserved for the Jets uh, on that front. For Pack-A-Day Podcast, make sure you guys are following on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you want to follow us on social media. Uh, please go subscribe on the YouTube side. Andy's crushing over there. We did a little bit of a rebrand, it looks like. Got some new graphics and updates and thumbnail stuff, which I know helps with the algorithm and people clicking on it. So please go engage with him over there. I can see every time I go over there and see the comments, it's um, not as much trolling these days. Pretty good, healthy span of comments in there. But, of course, throughout this offseason, I'm sure there will be some hot takes that Andy will try to infest hatred on the YouTube comment section of Pack-A-Day Podcast. For myself, Matt Freilich, you can still find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. Uh, Eli, let us know what you got going on this offseason. Where can everyone get in contact with all of your uh, content you put out? Yeah, uh, real quick, just before I get to that, because I feel like I wanted to say this earlier and I forgot and I don't know. If uh, everyone saw Aaron Jones' comment last night at NFL Honors, I did not. He was asked about Aaron Rodgers, of course, and he said, "quote I think I think Rodgers will be back. I hope he's back. He's our leader. He's a great player, and he's been there forever. So I hope he's back. I enjoy playing with him. Obviously, you know I don't think Aaron Jones would be out there and be like, nah, I don't need that guy. <laughs> but it's uh, it's at least something in this week of nothingness. But outside of that." Yeah, um, as always, on Twitter, at Book of Eli underscore NFL. Basically, all my content will run through there. But also, um, I believe, either this week or in the next week or two, Open Book, I'm, Open Book will be back with 
Jen and Zach Jacobson. And of course, every Saturday here on Pack a Day, and what am I blanking on? Oh, Pack Report for all of my draft writing um, will be over at Pack Report. So check that out because this is usually the time of year when I do my most writing, check into the draft. And if you're interested in that stuff, head to Pack Report. Love it. Janelle, where can everyone find the content you're putting out um, these days and where can they get in contact with you? Yeah, um, my usual follow me on Twitter at Big Mac underscore four. Obviously here every Saturday with Pack a Day podcast. And then like Eli mentioned, um, we've been taking a, a small break over at Open Book on Game on Wisconsin, but we hope to be back, you know, in the next couple of weeks here. Um, I do that with Eli and Zach. And then obviously before we go, I do just need to remind everyone that Adam Schefter let everyone know who will be eligible for the class of 2024 Hall of Fame. So the campaign for Jordy starts now. So everybody who it was actually super disappointing logging into Twitter and seeing how many people were like, yeah, I love Jordy, but no, like, don't just don't say anything. Like, why? Why is the first thing you think of? Like, he doesn't deserve it. So, yeah, frustrated with people on Twitter. Like. Yeah, I tweeted about it, and yes, it was mostly joking, but I got so many people like, no way is he first ballot. I'm like, dude, I don't think – Well, there, there's a lot of people who don't think he'll even make it. So I I'm like, you guys, I, I don't know what I need to do, but I will figure out a way to get him in that Hall of Fame. So you're all going to look foolish when it happens because, yeah, that, that's what I'm dedicating my entire life to right now is the Jordy, you know, first ballot Hall of Fame, you know, get him to Canton for sure. So – yeah. I mean, if you expect anything less of me, that's kind of on you. <laughs> we don't, and I expect the shirts to be printing um, instantly. 2024, yeah. Jordy Nelson. I'll get um, Dakota Mitchell on the line, and we'll come up with some, smart. some ideas. Yeah. <laughs> very smart. Very smart. Um, and as always, if I didn't, I know I didn't, uh, make sure wherever you listen to your podcast, you've at least subscribed at this point. Leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing, if we suck. And also, with a topic like this, as Janelle mentioned before, we've been recording. If anyone's got any hot takes about their any of the eight honors we mentioned, please drop them um, on the comments on the YouTube, or excuse me, on the uh, the podcast side, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on Twitter. Ideally, you tag us and then let us know how correct we are, how terrible we are. Um, if you have the exact board as us, but let us know what your thoughts are. We'd love to get your reaction. And if you have any outliers that we miss, because sometimes there are one and then it makes me, you know, throughout the day on a Saturday, be like, aha, this person, you know, at Packers cheesehead one, four, six, eight, seven, eight is really, really smart. That was a really good selection he picked. And I forgot about, um, but for Janelle Mackey, Eli Berkovitz and myself, Matt Freilich, you guys be well, take care. Enjoy your Saturday. Tomorrow we got the Super Bowl, And then we have a long, long drought until I guess the combine and a bunch of other, you know, just, things within the pecking order to get into the NFL offseason. Um, but as always, go, go Pack, pack go. go.